Welcome to the Mentium Matters podcast, where we talk about leadership, life, and the transformative power of mentoring. I'm Solveig Brown, and today's episode, I am thrilled to be joined by Hakeem Abdel Khalik, also known as Coach Hakeem. This is part two of our conversation. In the first episode, we talked about career planning, and Coach Hakeem used great analogies to think about your career and offered great advice for moving your career forward. In this episode, we are going to dig a little bit deeper into how to do authentic self-promotion better and also the importance of networking and creating an expanded network. You will hear really excellent advice that you can use to move your authentic self-promotion and networking skills forward. Before we begin our conversation, I'd like to share some background information on Coach Hakeem. Hakeem Abdel Khalik is a global vice president in human resources. He is an accomplished international speaker and has been invited to present workshops and talks at many corporate and professional events. Hakeem has worked at global Fortune 40 matrixed organizations and small entrepreneurial companies. He has coached hundreds of professionals in their career development journey, conducted thousands of interviews, and reviewed 100,000 plus resumes. Coach Hakeem's mission is to help people own their career development. He has written two books, You're Worth It, Navigating Your Career in Corporate America, and Realizing You're Worth It, Advice, Insights, and Inspirations to Propel Your Career. He is also the creator and host of the Worth It podcast. Welcome, Hakeem. I am so glad to have you as a guest today. So, that thank you. I'm very excited to be here today. Hakeem, in your first book, you offered 10 critical insights that will position you for success in your career. I would love for you to talk about insight number six. It says, know what you're good at and tell people. Authentic self-promotion is an area where many of our mentees um, struggle with. Um, It doesn't come naturally for a lot of people who feel that their work should speak for itself. So what advice would you have for someone who is trying to get better at authentic self-promotion? Yeah, that that's hard for all of us. Like, I I will tell you, it's something I struggle with. It is because it 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 almost feels like bragging, right? It almost mm-hmm. feels like inauthentic self promotion, right? It almost feels like, oh well, here's how cool I am, right? Here's all the things that that I'm good at, and 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 I find that especially early in your career, people that I've spoken with really struggle with, and maybe it's at, you know, as, as I reflect, even it's in, in, in a lot of different levels, it's not easy for some of us, right? If salespeople, I think, seem to be pretty good at it, right? Because, and I think yeah. part of that is because they're used to selling a product, right? They're mm-hmm. used to selling an idea or a product or a concept or, and that's part of what they do. They practice it, going back to the practicing feedback. That's something that they do on a consistent basis. A lot of us, don't get a chance to practice that on a day in day out basis. And so it feels uncomfortable because, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel like I'm being humble or, but I, what I've really tried to do is reframe the, the conversation, which is, this is less about you. And if we go back to the, the company is there to, you know, create value for the stakeholders, whatever that value is. Well, if we can reframe your perspective on it, on how you're, creating value for the company. So then it becomes 
a little bit about you because you are doing whatever those activities are that's creating value for the organization. And it becomes a little bit about the company. And that can help, I think. And that's what I found is that helps people start to reframe the discussion in the way that they think about it. And then you start thinking, okay, well, here's how I'm creating value. Now, is it because of something that I'm really good at? Is, is it because of my work ethic? You can start to kind of dissect how and why I'm able to create that value. And so if it's because I'm here the first at the beginning of the day and the last at the end of the day, and I'm creating value because I'm willing to put in the work that's going to create the value for the organization, I can start to tell that story. If it's because I have created these little innovations that have created uh, additional margin or cost savings, I can start to communicate it from that perspective. And so just shifting it a little, the light, it feels like the light's less on us when we talk about ourselves and the value we're creating for the organization. I found has helped people shift the conversation to both. And it's a little bit easier to say, here's how I'm creating value for the organization. And the cool thing about that, or the thing that that I find is that leaders that you're talking to and I, I try and tell people, think about it like you're in an elevator, you got 30 seconds, the, the CEO, the president, the owner of the company comes in the elevator with you, door shut, boom, lights on, show starts. And you've got 30 seconds from, you know, first floor to the sixth floor to explain what is the value that, you, you know, why you're here. And if you can think of it in terms of the value I'm creating for this organization, one, it's telling them a little bit about you. It's related to something we know they care about. And in addition to that, it's showing them that you're someone that is thinking, how do I create additional value for the stakeholders? So both of you leave that encounter, them with a better sense of who you are and how you create value, you with a better sense of the value that you create and how you contribute to the organization and of that leader. Because generally speaking, you say those things, leader doesn't just sit tight lipped and say, Okay, this is my floor. Bye. They say, right? They say, thank you. Thank you for whatever it is that you do. And you've created an interaction in a positive way. And that's what I really try and get people past is this idea that it's just about you. You can make it mutually beneficial. That is a great idea to reframe it because that seems less daunting to talk about, well, what value do I add? And then also I like your advice to be ready for those little moments that that promotion can happen like in the elevator or just, you know, in a casual 30 seconds with someone as opposed to a formalized place. That is great. So Hakeem, I always ask people what advice they would have for up-and-coming leaders, but for you, I would love you to share the career advice you would give your younger self that you wrote about in your second book. Yeah, I so one, I, I appreciate it. It's cool, and we got a chance to talk about that, and I actually learned so much. I, I appreciate just the time you spent just reading the books and preparing for because I think you helped me actually think about, oh, yeah, this is because in a bit, your books are, you know, it's like a piece of art for me. And in the sense of it's, there are things that you just know to be true. So you share them, you write them down, you communicate it. And what you did in in the preparation and and for us to talk, you shared some of the, the things that were impactful for you. And then it gave me a chance to say, okay, do I still find that true? Because that was this point in time. And in those, I find like kind of four pillars and and this question came about 
because of an organization I was a part of asked the question and they asked the question, you know, what advice would you give your younger self? And so I thought about that. And, and my advice up to that point had always been some, something to the tune of nothing because I don't regret. I try and live life without regret. And so if I look at it, if I'm at a pivot point, one of my kind of mantras or the kind of the things I keep in mind is, are you going to regret doing or not doing this? And if the answer is yes, then I say, okay, that gives me my answer and this is what I need to do. Or if the answer is no, then it also gives me an answer. And so that had been like just my stated approach on this question. And then I realized it's probably a little bit deeper than that. If I'm in earnest thinking about, you know, past me, and I'll use past me as a proxy for anyone starting in their career, what advice would I have given myself, assuming, right, that I don't, I try not to live with, with regrets, then it, it switches. And for me, four things became quite clear. One is to protect your brand. And I say that because it, it helps people to start, if, again, thinking about yourself, let's say, as a mini corporation. Corporations, one of my uh, worth and insights or worth it corporate truth, excuse me, is that organizations always going to do what's best for it. And organizations are always concerned about their brand. Again, these are things that impact stakeholder value. And so it's very important to have a good brand. If you start to think about yourself as, let's say, a mini corporation, then you realize your brand starts from the very beginning. When you start working, you are creating a perception amongst your peers, amongst your the leaders in the organization of who you are and what you want to be. If you come into work and you're always five minutes late, or if you come into work and you know you leave let's just say you leave early and I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing sometimes. Right. So I'm not trying to state it that way, but just to say that, you know, you're constantly there late and you leave early, then they're like, well, you know, that person isn't always going to give their all. Right. And so you create a brand, whether you know it or not, people are looking. If you're the proverbial there early, they're late. They're also say, Hey, they're, they're, this person is willing to work hard, but there are other things they may be, they, maybe they don't know the best use of their time. Maybe they don't know how to prioritize. And so you have to constantly be thinking, who is your audience? What is my brand and how do I protect it? And so one of the things that I say, what you can always control is yourself. And so a, a simple example is when you walk into a situation, are you a person who sees problems everywhere? Or are you a person who sees opportunities? How you communicate that, the the approach that you give people. If you know, if you're stressed out and you like lash out at people, these are all part of your brands. If there's a lot of stress and you're the calm in the storm, that's also your brand. And so thinking about who you intentionally want to be can help manifest it. I believe that one. And two, it, it allows you to start to craft and think about how do you want to. What brand message do I want to give and how do I maintain that? How do I communicate that? And how do my actions follow that? So I say know and protect your brand is very important. It's like one of my first pillars. My second is soar with your strengths. And this one, I wish, I really wish I had known this early because I spent so much time in, in the early part of my career trying to correct the things I wasn't great at. And part of that, if I 
wasn't him, you know, the driver of my career car, I would say, well, my managers, you know, they told me this is what I needed to do. But if I take a step back and say, no, I own my career car, then what I need to realize is that I didn't understand early enough that the things that I'm really good at make me unique. They're the things that naturally come to me. I love strength finders. I love the book soar with your strengths. I, I've all of those are this idea of, I guess, positive psychology. And again, I'm not a psychologist, but this idea that things that come natural to us, the things that we do well, make us unique. And so leaning into that, I have found is a far better use of your time and thinking about what situations will allow you to soar with your strengths, to do the things you naturally do well, is a much better use of your time than to really sit and say, okay, how do I really correct these, you know, this multitude of things I'm not good at. And that isn't to say that we all don't have to do some of that, right? So in order for me to, you know, do my job well, I have to manage projects. I would not call myself a project manager, <laughs> but part of the role that I have requires that we have to take things, certain activities, projects, you know, things beginning, middle, and end. And so I need a system in order to do that. I have to do that in order to do my job. So it's not like I can just ignore that part of it. But what it's saying is the other things that I do well in terms of connecting, leading, developing, whatever that may be, that's where I really create a differentiator for myself. And that's where I'm creating value in theory for the organization. Um, and so leaning into that is, is absolutely where because it's more natural to you where you should be spending your time. And so thinking about the situations that allow you to do that. And if you're in an environment right now where you're not able to lean into your strengths or even utilize your strengths, you have an opportunity now to think, okay, is this where I want to be or what can I do or what changes can I make to start to create an environment that allows me to soar with my strengths? So that would be number two. The third uh, pillar I have is just really leveraging your network. And, and I'll just, I'll state this one simply is, is to say is that one of the, the, the ideas, six, five or six degrees of separation was this idea where they, you know, wrote these postcards and, you know, how many times did it take it to go get mailed to get to the ultimate destination? It was used five or six times, right? So there's the ideas that, you know, in, in order to maximize or get where you want to go, you know, this five or six degrees of separation, right? So the other thing they found in, in, in a different study was just that in order, people looking for a new opportunity, that, did they find that new opportunity through their current network or through an extended network? And the answer was almost always like through that extended network. And, this, and it makes sense if you kind of take a step back. The people that know you, they're going to tell you right away, hey, here's this opportunity. Here's this, you know, so you already know that. It's information you already have. So they're not providing with something new. But this is why, and again, I, I reference salespeople a lot. It's like a lot of times salespeople, they push past that. And, and when they're trying to build their business, they say, and who else should I reach out to regarding this opportunity? And what they're doing is they're expanding their network. They're using their current network to create a broader network and they're opening doors and it, there's this warm lead, right? And so it's no longer a cold call. So if I would have just called the person they referred out of the blue, they would have been like, well, why are you calling me? And they may have hung up on me. But when if I say, you know, Sally or John or Hakeem told me I should reach out to you, 
because of this, that, or another, they probably take my call because now it's not this, you know, weird situation, right? It's a warm call. And now we can have salespeople do this all the time. And again, the average person, me, you know, others, you know, we don't necessarily think of it like that. And so how do I take my current network to expand to a network that I don't know that creates opportunities I didn't even, you know, fathom or I wouldn't have had before. So fully leveraging your network to create an even broader network and then using that network to broaden. So it, it just becomes a mutual benefit. And so you're creating these virtuous cycles just by expanding your network over and over again. And so it's not always possible because it takes time. But this idea that especially when, you know, you're trying to do something different or and I'll give you the example of writing a book, never wrote a book that was published before and had no idea how to publish a book. And so I reached out to all 2000 at that time of my LinkedIn contacts and asked for help, basically, because I don't know how to do this. So I have a book that I want published. I don't know how to do it. And I, I will tell you that, you know, not everyone responded. Probably I'll say 10% responded at all, right? So that means 90% didn't. And that isn't because anything that it just didn't, right? And so 200 people did. And of those 200, probably 20 had really insightful feedback. So 1% had really insightful feedback that was able to give me the insights and the connections. And most of those, pointed me to someone else, not who they were. Like it pointed me to a different person who then allowed me to like connect to another person who was marketing and connect to another person who's publishing, connect to another person on the legal. And so it was, it, I am just trying to think like real time, if any one of those original 2000, so the 200 that responded and the, the 20 that had meaningful impact, if they were the original one that got me that opportunity for publishing, and I don't think they were. And so it just shows you the power of leveraging your network for a specific, it, it can be for almost anything. So that is a great example. Yeah. And then the last, I'll just, I'll leave you with this, is have someone to give you feedback. And you hear this about celebrities all the time, right? So you celebrities is like, oh, they don't have anyone in their network that will, will tell them the truth, right? And so they just, mm -hmm. they live in this world where everyone tells them and then it's like, well, why'd they lose all their money? It's because no one was willing to tell them, right? So there's these stories all the time, but I do find that there's value in someone that can tell you the truth, that knows you well enough and that has built enough trust together where they can just say, hey, this doesn't seem like you, right? So you're in a, you're in a career and stressing you out and you're just maybe you're lashing out or maybe you're you know you're just not happy you come home you're not happy or it, it could be even that maybe you are happy but you're just gone all the time right and so your stated let's just go back and say your stated values that you said were important that they know that you uh find important they can look at it and just say you're you're off right you're off you're not i know you and what's important to you are these things and they because they know you, they can tell you those things. And so, and, and you're a little bit off. We have to be open to hear that. But people who have people in your network, someone at least who can give you that honest feedback. So knowing your brand, soaring with your strengths, leveraging your network and having someone will give you honest feedback is advice I would have given my younger self. And I think in retrospect, if I can pass that on to other people versus just saying, oh, I'm happy with all my choices, right? taking that to heart and thinking about that, that would have helped me early in my career. Oh, totally. That is great advice. 
Hakeem, we have time for two final questions. Okay. Do you feel that you have habits that have contributed to your success? Well, I will say the soaring with your strength is one I probably lean into quite a bit. But one thing I do almost um, regardless is uh, I, I tend to work out because work, I find even the best or even if I have the right mentality, perfect mentality, um, it, it, it can be stressful, right? There's a lot to do and you carry the weight of that. And for me, working out is a is like just a release that it gives me a moment to like reflect it gives me opportunity to you know release any anxiety and it just helps me prepare whether it be at the beginning of the day or end of the day just kind of for what's upcoming and so that is a habit that I've I've kept with me that it helps me stay balanced I'm a Libra too so maybe that's part of it yeah <laughs> but, uh, but that is something that I would say um, has helped me and I will say if there's any success I have it's helped me stay balanced towards that. Oh yeah, that is great. And then the final question is, do you have a favorite saying, quote, or motto? Yeah, this one is a is an interesting one for me is because like the perspective in terms of advice, you know, my general point of view is, oh, I don't know that I have a specific motto, but one, I'll say philosophy that I have is this idea of what you focus on expands. Ah, uh, yes. And so I mean, it, in, in simple terms, if you think about it, thinking about cars, you, you buy a Volkswagen Beetle, right? So you, you buy one and all of a sudden you see them everywhere, right? It's like, mm -hmm. oh, there's one, right? And so it's like this idea, I bought one, it's part of my focus and now I see them everywhere. Well, the same thing works with, with, I think, careers is if, if I'm of the mindset that, you know, these things happening to me and I'm not where I want to be they're th because of other people, right? Then all of a sudden it's like, I just see that. And it's like, it becomes this negative spiral, right? Well, they're not helping me out and they're not helping me out. And, you know, you can get into this tailspin. On the flip side of it is if I look at it and say, well, I'm the one driving it. And so I, I see opportunities where I, you know, I see glass half full. And so I think that way. And so all these situations that could be perceived negatively or, you know, a failure, I look at it and I say, oh, I just learned something. Right. And so maybe I didn't win, quote unquote, but I learned something and therefore I did win. Right. And so this idea of what you focus on, what you choose to focus on expands. So really be thoughtful and careful around what you choose to focus that is a great reminder. What you focus on expands. Hakeem, thank you so much for being my guest today. You have helped me think about career planning in a whole new way. The car analogy used is a great reminder that each person is responsible for being the driver of their own career. I also appreciated your four pillars of focus that you would advise people to think about. I highly recommend Hakeem's book, You're Worth It, Navigating Your Career in Corporate America and Realizing You're Worth It, Advice, Insights, and Inspirations to Propel Your Career. We will have links to these books on the show notes for this episode. You can also find out more about Coach Hakeem's work and his Worth It podcast on his website, which is coachhakeem.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mentium Matters podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and colleagues. We have more fantastic upcoming episodes, so we look forward to having you tune in next time.